So in Arkansas, by law, you can't honk your horn near a sandwich shop after 9 p.m. In Gainesville, Georgia, they made it illegal to eat fried chicken with knife and fork. In Delaware, this is especially pertinent to this place, it's understood that whispering during worship is an act of disturbing the peace. I'm just saying. Every law has a story. It's put in place for a reason. And for almost every law, the reason is rooted in the ultimate goal, which is bringing order to chaos. That's the point of law. Now, order does not have to mean uniformity. That's an important point. When I bring order to my closet, I do not throw out all pieces of clothing except my black clergy shirt. Order in my closet means the dirty clothes, find the clothes basket. Unfolded items are either hung up or folded and put in their place. Socks find their mate. And because order is brought to that chaos, the floor can be found again. There remains a variety of clothing in my closet for different seasons, different occasions. But order in my closet makes my closet righteous. Righteous is another of these church words. We've got lots of them. And in our text for today, we hear this question, what other great nation has statutes and ordinances as just or as righteous, would be a better translation, as this entire law? Righteous means something works as it was intended to work. Stuff usually works best when it's in good order. Maybe society will be okay if people eat fried chicken with a fork and knife, or if a driver does not have to think twice before honking their horn near a deli in the dark. But we know lots of less silly laws whose purpose is to bring order to a chaotic world, and that order makes righteousness, a world that works as intended, a lot more possible. It's an amazing gift to bring to a group no matter who the group is, I'm in awe of people who can bring order to what wants to be chaos. For example, a school principal or a classroom teacher or those who organize the kitchen as it seeks to serve two meals a day to hundreds of kids or bus drivers. As our area's schools launch into near normal this week, every step of the day has the potential to teeter toward chaos. But almost always, chaos is pushed aside because of our educators and all who support them. Our kids at school enjoy the kind of order that allows for them to learn and to grow and to be safe and to become. Many of you bring the gift of order to our kids. Others, to those in the scariest moments of life, you who work in healthcare, the, the chaos that is disease or infection or the unknown. And yet there are some nurses and doctors, all who support the delivery of care, who push chaos aside and triage calmly, provide calm, clarity, healing. The best generals of war oftentimes win because they can bring order faster than their enemies. 
parents who bring order to the schedules and needs of their very different children at very different stages with very different ways of needing to be motivated or disciplined. Parents are amazing. Now, maybe you've been to or seen or been a part of a school or a restaurant or a store where chaos has taken over. Have you ever been a part of a group where chaos reigns? Nobody knows really who is in charge or what they're supposed to be doing, much less getting much of anything done. Contrast the feeling that that kind of a system offers to the peace and the confidence and the righteousness that one feels from being around a well-oiled machine where everybody's working together, getting the thing done. Mm. I preached a sermon here some years back with rowing as the primary illustration. Talk about bringing order to chaos. Boys in the Boat was the book I had read, and it's the famous story of a crew from Washington who qualified for the 1936 Berlin Olympics. The coach there was taking farm kids and lumberjacks and recently unemployed Depression-era kids. He started with a bunch of guys, really none of whom had any idea how to swing an oar, much less do so on a team at an elite level against people who'd been doing this their whole lives. And to that chaos, that coach brought order so that nine became one. In rowing speak, that moment when a, a group of talented individuals reaches a level of trust and mutual respect and competence that brings them to a level of near-perfect sync with each other, they call that experience swing almost like they're effortlessly flying above the water together. Order from chaos is the goal of every well-intentioned government, every household, every profit-seeking business, not only because my closet looks better, according to me, once I fold everything and put things where they belong, but because then every part of my closet functions as it should. Nations do not seek order only out of fear for what chaos can breed, but also because of a positive motivation that order can provide justice for all. From an American 21st century non-white supremacist pro-democracy standpoint, the only way a nation can be righteous for it to function best, there must be justice for all, like it says in the pledge. Justice is just more rare amidst chaos. Peace rarely reigns amidst unrighteous times and places. Individuals may benefit from chaos, or maybe one group among many, but for a whole community, for a whole nation, for the whole world, they need order. Not uniformity, but order, so that it may be righteous. For the people of Israel, the chaos of the wilderness was a distant memory, but it was close enough. They still had stories about it. After being freed from enslavement in Egypt, they didn't know where their next meal would come from or whether God would remember them beyond tomorrow. Where were they going? What would they do? How would they get there? It was chaos. And so what does God do? God comes near to Israel. That's the word that Scripture uses. God comes near through the law. Now, this is an essential point that we Christians don't connect with as much as we usually could. 
For the last month and a half, for example, we've been in the sixth chapter of John's gospel where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And the whole reason Jesus claims to be the bread that gives us life beyond life, the reason Jesus wants us to receive Him is because what's on offer from God is an ongoing, everyday relationship with God. The way Jesus puts it, He says, abide in me, and I will abide in you. Close connection, not just nearness, but like communion is what Jesus is talking about. And Christians usually think that that kind of closeness to God through Jesus is like a brand new thing. And of course, that God has become human, that is new, but that God seeks to be close to God's people, that nearness, that was always the case. Jesus, we know, is the Word, we say, made flesh. Well, before that, there was the Word. And the Word, for the Israelites, was the law. As much as Christians celebrate the Word made flesh in Jesus, the Israelites had a similar understanding of what the Word, the law, meant to them. Following and abiding by the law is what gave life. The law offered a way to be in relationship with their God by the way we are in relationship with our neighbors, with ourselves, with creation. That's what the law is about. So hear this text again from uh, what we just heard this morning. For what great nation has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is whenever we call to Him? And what other great nation has statutes and ordinances as just, as righteous as this entire law that I, Moses, am setting up for you today? The good news today is that amidst our chaos, God makes righteousness available. Do you know any chaos? Does your life need any folding, putting away, sorting, tossing stuff out, cleaning? How about your community, your state, your nation, your world? I mean, I can't imagine any one of us sitting here this morning thinking, yeah, it's all righteous in my world. <laughs> Pandemic, debt, all my relationships as I think through all of them, yeah, they're all great. No worries from this guy. Just pure righteousness for me. God has known since those Israelites were wandering around the wilderness and before them that chaos threatens us every moment of every day. And that's why God provides the good news that is the law. I am the Lord your God, God says. Have no other gods. Remember to keep the Sabbath. Honor your elders and those in authority. Honor all other humans, in fact, especially your spouse. Do not covet other people's lives or their stuff. The best way for chaos to keep swirling around is to have no idea what is true or what is real. It's what makes the conspiracy theories and disinformation campaigns of our generation so evil. We're tempted every time we turn on the TV or go on social media or even talk to a friend even. We're, we're tempted to deny what is real, to believe fabricated lies that fly in the face of credible facts, all because maybe we prefer that messenger or wish for that outcome to be true. Every day we're tempted to become cynical instead of curious, 
We're tempted to divide ourselves from brothers and sisters in Christ rather than being willing to die for each other, all because we lose track of what is true and what is real. And what is more true than anything is the grace of God, that God's willing to be in relationship with each and every one of us despite our worst. That's grace, and that's amazing, and that's forever. And grace is what is true. God's grace brings order to the chaos that I create for myself with my fear and my selfishness and all my other sins. And that's why when the lawyer in Matthew's gospel, when he asks Jesus the question, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Jesus says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Jesus was saying, I want to bring order to the individual through an individual relationship with God as the law had been intended to do. But that's not all the Word made flesh was offering. Like the law in the days of Moses, Jesus wants to also bring order, not just to one person at a time, but to whole communities, to nations, to the world. That's why He follows up with the lawyer, and a second great commandment is like the first. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Jesus won't just give one law, one commandment. He has to give both, that I care about each individual and I care about the whole. The good news today is that amidst our chaos, God makes righteousness available by offering a way that brings order to our souls, our relationships, and eventually to our world. And that way is the way of faith, hope, and love. Live in faith, hope, and love, and together we become agents of order amidst chaos. Do you know any of these people? Agents of order? People who obviously live in the truth? You just feel better after experiencing them? I mean, you could name Helen Halverson right there. There's one, right? Helen, on her way out of worship, pretty much every time says grace, peace, love. Right. That could be all I say from the pulpit each week, and that would be enough. I'm trying to say that in a longer way today. Helen's an agent of order amidst chaos. So many of you are. That's the gift you bring your families, your workplaces, your community. Don't think less of yourself than that you are an agent of order amidst so much chaos. You hear people throwing up their arms so much in our world today. What can you do? You can be an agent of order in your little part of the world. And so you are, following a, a way full of grace and truth that that shapes children who otherwise could be lost or shapes elders who otherwise could be alone or scared or that shapes family and friends who otherwise so easily get sucked into chaos because it seems like that makes more sense. It doesn't. And we know that together. We remind each other of that. The good news today is that amidst whatever chaos you know, whatever chaos this world knows, that God makes righteousness available, oftentimes through the order that you and I bring. Thanks be to God. Amen.